So I'd just like to begin the talk. I'm going to give a little reflection. I'd just like to begin by paying homage to the Buddha. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Bhutang Tamang Sankang Namasami. So we live in extraordinary times in many ways, and one of the extraordinary conditions of our time is that we have so much information available to us at our fingertips. So, you know, this is the technological age. It has, it has a beginning, it had a beginning, we're in the middle of it, and at some point it's going to have an end. But right now we're in it. And so we have this enormous source of information. And because we've, we live in this world, I think there may be one or two people here who are fortunate enough not to have to... <laughs> who can live simply without a computer and um, you know, emails and websites and telephones, cell, cell phones and all that stuff. There may be people here if, who are lucky enough not to be in the midst of all that. But for most people, including nuns in this day and age in the West, this is part of life. And... You know, there's, there is such a wealth of information and there are so many interesting and important things to know about and to, and to be able to learn about. And it's all there at our fingertips. So we can get lulled into the belief that if we just know more, if we just find out more information, if we just have more information about this particular... Um, it could be about something very, very wholesome, like this particular aspect of the Buddha's teaching. If I just understand that more clearly, I'll just look it up on Wikipedia and see what it says about that word and see what well, what does access to insight say about that. And so it, this can be useful. I'm not putting it down. It's, it's a, an amazing opportunity that we have now that we have access to all these teachings. And it can be a, a sidetrack if we don't keep it in perspective. So... You know, we, we, it can get so that our mind is so used to eating information, consuming information, that we don't notice the simple teaching that's going on around us all the time. So we, we, our minds become attuned to stimulation, information, or, or maybe they even don't get attuned, but we keep stuffing it in there. And then we get brain fog, and we get tired, and we get confused... And we can't really make head or tail of it all. But we think, okay, if we just put a bit more in, maybe that will do it. And so this isn't uh, kind of leading us. It can lead us, if we, if we use information in the right way, then it can give us a framework in which to look at our experience. So the Buddha gave some very clear and uh, 
simple and profound frameworks within which to investigate our experience. So this is really useful. But the, the meditation practice or the stopping and, and coming into the present, being, bringing awareness, sati, to what is going on, this is the real, this is the really important um, source of information. So just, I just had a few minutes walking meditation outside in the sun. It's very nice we live in sunset, so we're not seeing the sun very much at the moment. A lot of fog. So just really enjoying walking in the sun, feeling of the feet on the ground. And at one moment, just as getting to the end of my path, a leaf fell from the tree and landed on the grass. And there in that falling of the leaf was a teaching, teaching on impermanence. And there it was, like, oh, look at that. That leaf is offering a teaching. And I just recognized how easy it would be to miss that in the mode of, you know, uh, intellectual information, getting a framework, getting onto the next thing, getting, making sure it's all right. You know, then we miss the, the teaching that is going on in us and around us all the time. So this perfect moment, you know, it, it doesn't, it, most of the time it doesn't feel perfect because we're wanting things to be other than how they are. We're, we're at odds with how things are or we're distracted from what's actually going on. We're lost in, in, in our, maybe we might be lost in old patterns that are playing out, that are, that are colouring our experience of, of the present and they're also influencing our relationships with other people. So when we're not aware of our old patterns, they keep playing out again and again. Uh, Santachita was mentioning this earlier on in the meditation. So we, in the meditation we get to know what this mind, how this mind puts together our experience and makes it into a something, makes it into a me and, and, and them and that. So all of this experience of that, this experience of me and each experience of me that's going on out there and the the being together in the room all of this is it's a dynamic process it's not there is no fixedness in it it's it's changing all the time so we don't notice that if we keep the if we keep paying attention to the stories of self the stories of me my history, my future, my relationships, my body, my things, my work, my mind. You know, when we think in that way, it's like we, we, make, we, we fix what is actually a process. We make, make it into something stuck and solid. And, and often we don't even want it. So we create something and then we wish we didn't have it. It's kind of what we do all the time. So the Buddha is pointing to this, to, to basically to letting go. Let go of the attachment to this process of self. So it's not that we try to become somebody else or to get rid of a sense of self, but we see, we, in, we observe and we can even enjoy the process of unfolding of this particular 
being, this particular coming together of what the Buddha calls the five aggregates of this of this body, the feelings that are coming and going here, the the perceptions, the way we the way our mind puts things together, the the thinking process, and the the sense experience. So most of the time. We're not really aware of the senses unless we're unless they're really stimulated. You know, we eat some delicious piece of food, or we hear a wonderful piece of music, or we go outside and we smell the sweet smell of California forest. Then we then we're aware of the senses, but a lot of the time we're not really aware. And even when we are aware, then we don't notice what's going on, and we grasp. Oh, I really love the smell of the bay laurel. I want to live near Bay Laurel because I love the smell, you know. We do that. Rather than seeing like, oh, this is a, a pleasant experience arising in the moment. It's uplifting, it's beautiful, and it, and it passes. We go into the bathroom, it's a different experience. We don't want to hang around in there so long. <laughs> but that passes too. So learning to meet our experience in the present, as it is. And then the more, the more we, we can train our minds to come back to this direct experience here and now, using the body, using the breath. Then the more we see the complexity that we create and add on to this simple experience of being. So I think most of us get into a kind of a we're kind of running from one thing to the next thing. You know, we don't actually stop long enough to experience the present experience. It's always like, oh, on to the next thing. Oh, there's something more important going on. I've just got to get this, this later. And, oh, what am I going to say? You know, we, so we miss resting back into this moment. So that's why a day like this is very precious because we, can, we, we don't have it. There's no other agenda than, than being here. That's all it's about, being fully here. And then when we come back to being fully here, then we can see, well, what's, what's it like, actually? You know, is, it, is, it a, is it a peace when I come here? Or is it a, a rather agitated experience? Do I feel troubled, worried, fearful, anxious, irritated, restless? You know, what, what do you find when you sit and stop and be here. And then this is really, really important to look at because if we if we think, oh, I'm going to come on the day long and then I'm going to have a really peaceful day and then we stop and, we, and it isn't peaceful and then we want to get away and, and go on to the next thing because we don't want to be with that unpleasant feeling or that uncomfortable feeling, then we never learn anything. So this is an opportunity if we stop and we find agitation or you know, vulnerability, whatever it is we find. This is... To, this is kind of like a teacher for us this is, this is if we follow that if we look and investigate that then we can understand more deeply what's going on here what's underneath that sense of anxiety or that sense of restlessness what's underneath that and so we've got the time today to settle deeply and have a look at what is going on and sometimes it can be something very simple that we haven't paid attention to. And so the, the kind of restless energy just keeps going, going, going. So just to rest more deeply, look underneath. Let your attention go deeper into. So this is not, this is not intellectual analysis. This is about 
allowing the mind to settle more deeply so that it can see the simple truth that underlies our experience. And often when we see that, the whole creation kind of falls apart. We have those aha moments. And, and then we can see the, the compulsion that we move from day in and day out and that we have a choice. We don't have to move from that. And it might be that the compulsion doesn't go away, that they still feel that compulsion, but we have the choice of just feeling it instead of reacting and acting from it. So this gives us an enormous freedom once we find that. It's a simple thing, but it's, it's a huge, makes a huge difference to our life. So as long as we're always motivated by those quiet undercurrent feelings, and we wonder why we keep creating the same, why we keep finding ourselves in the same situation again and again, and how frustrating it is, and why are those people always like that? Instead of that, seeing it in that way, it's like, oh. Maybe if I didn't follow that feeling, things would change. And sometimes we need a little support, you know, because uh, surprisingly, it sounds like the simplest thing in the world, doesn't it, to be with a feeling? It's just a feeling. And the Buddha speaks about feeling as, as being like a bubble, like just like a little water bubble that just pops up and it's there for a while and it disappears again. And it is like that. But while it's appeared, sometimes it can be very compelling. So we can, some, you know, we might need a little help in being with that feeling. So we might need to be able to, say, breathe in a sense of well-being and an intention of well-being to ourselves while we stay present with a, a painful, agitated feeling, to recollect our goodness, you know, our virtue, the good things we do in a day, that can be a support in, in being with the more challenging feelings that we might find as the mind comes more pre- present. So we, we create a container in which we can allow anything to arise. We don't have to be afraid of what might be in here because it is just that. It's just a, it will just be a, a feeling that's arising, a thought, a perception. It won't be any more than that. So then the more we know that, the more safe it is to settle, investigate, allow things to unravel. And I think we all tend to have a, a, a yearning for certainty and, and security. And uh, we were just reflecting yesterday on uh, the Vihara, on, you know, three and a half years ago or so, we came over to San Francisco with, a, with an idea, like, yeah, we're going to do this, and it's going to be like this, and, and we'll just be here for a year and a half or something, and then we're going to get to the next thing, and then we'll build, and then we'll get the people around to paint these nice murals on the walls, and there's all of this whole proliferation. And then... And here we are, three and a half years later, and, and the sense of like not knowing. Mm. And the, the difference from the not knowing now and the not knowing then is that there's a certain kind of peacefulness with it. it doesn't, it's not asking for, a, for certainty. It's, it's like, I, my experience of it, it's like, it's like se- stepping into soft cloud. It's, there's almost nothing there, but there's enough just for that step. And then not quite sure about the next step but then as it comes to the next step oh there's enough just for that step 
Yes. So it's that there's uncertainty and yet there's enough. And in a way our lives, even if you, your life might feel very certain, our lives are always like that. They, life is an experience of, of stepping into the unknown. And at the end of our life we have the big unknown of leaving the body behind. You know, there's all these different um, theories and sciences about what happens after death, but you know, we can hold on to them, make us feel more comfortable. But you know, basically, we we don't really know. So, you know, resting into this present moment is kind of a courageous act, actually. It sounds very simple, but it's it involves letting go of all of the of the sense of who we are, of, of that tight holding of the sense of who we are, where we're going, what's going to happen in the future. It involves just not not throwing it away, but loosening the grip of all of that, holding it with a question mark because we don't really know. We don't even really know who we are. We might think we do, and then somebody else thinks we're quite different, and someone else thinks we're different again. And so, who's the right one? You know. So holding it all with, with a with a, a sense of not sure. Could be this, could be that. Not sure. So when we can hold our experience in that way, we can allow life to unfold. And it's not that we we can't hold intention. It's very important to have wholesome intention. And planning, you know, we can have intention, we can have aspiration, we can make plans, we can put energy in a direction, but it's all held in the moment with not sure. Don't know. Because when we're one-pointed on a goal, we miss the falling of a leaf. We miss the breath that's arising and falling here in this body. We miss the the potential immediate teaching that is going on all the time. I don't know if, if any of you are familiar with um, the Terigata and the Teragata, the two, two uh, parts of the Buddha's teaching, the Tripitaka, which are the like um, poems of enlightened nuns and enlightened monks. And often in these poems, they're like they're like uh, poems that that have been said after the after the moment of enlightenment, where it gives a little kind of run-up story of what of what was happening, and then of the, of the moment of enlightenment and and the release. And often they're they're very very simple things, like at the end of the day, you know, one nun at the end of the day, there's her lamp with a little wick in the lamp, and so the light is burning, and then she pulls out the wick. And at that moment, and of course the lamp goes out, and at that moment her mind becomes enlightened. She's, the mind is released because she understands that the fire, which you could say is, is the sense of self, is dependent on the fuel, fuel of, of thinking, of, of continuously telling the story of self. And then when you pull out the wick, it all goes out. There's just being. It's not like she didn't disappear in a puff of smoke, you know. <laughs> But there was just being, there was release. And sometimes uh, there's also a story of a, of a nun going to collect water, and she's got her pot, and she collects water. She's leaving from the river, and then she's walking away, and she drops the pot, and it crashes and smashes into pieces, and the water just 
falls back into the ground and the bits of clay just become part of the riverside and she realizes, oh yes. And then she, at that moment she becomes enlightened and she realizes, you know, the body is not mine, it belongs to the earth. The consciousness returns to where it came from. So it's about attachment and identification. And this is what keeps us caught. So this is, it just strikes me that these are very, very simple, ordinary things that, you know, no big deal, probably done it a hundred times before. But in that moment, because there's presence, there's the mind releases, it sees the true nature of things because it's looking at the true nature of things. So as long as we're continuously stuffing our minds full of information, we kind of miss, miss that opportunity. So it's all here. The Buddha also said in this, in this um, fathom-long body, in this body, everything we need for enlightenment, every, every teaching that we need is right here in this body. But we need a little bit of help sometimes to know how to read it. And sometimes we need some help to stop long enough to notice what's going on here. But it's all here. And, uh, you know, it's our, it's our nature, it's the nature of the monkey mind to get distracted with this and that, to get pulled into this and that, and, and to contract around the feelings that arise. Ouch, you know, that's me, and it's mine, and it shouldn't make me feel like that. And, you know, it's, it's, this is what we do when we're not seeing clearly, it's, it's natural. We all do it until we're enlightened, but we can know it. We can know that when that feeling arises and we feel upset or irritated, that that is it's just a feeling. And the cause of it, it might be true, it might not be, we don't know. It's like we've got to step into that cloud of unknowing again. You know, maybe they had that inten- a mean intention, maybe they didn't. Which one do I want to choose? You know, Which one will benefit me most to hold? So, you know, ultimately if, if, if people wish harm towards us, they are the ones that are most harmed. You know, what we do with our experiences can be liberating. So we don't, even though we can be, be um, triggered by these things, we don't have to carry on and, and play out the whole scenario. We don't have to become the person who's wronged and who has to sort everything out and has to justify themselves we can catch that volition and just maybe ask the question, you know, am I sure? Is it really so? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, don't know. So in some ways it feels very insecure to abide in unknowing. But uh, in truth it really is the, the place of peace. It is a refuge So through this day we have the very simple practices of being aware, mindful of body, this body, breath, and the feelings that arise and the, the momentum, the compulsions that arise. And having the choice, you know, we don't recognise that we don't have to act on every feeling and compulsion that arises in the mind. 
or in the in the body. So the teaching of impermanence is going on all the time. It's going on in every breath we take, in every feeling that arises, in every sound that arises and ceases. There's never a moment where it's not happening. So letting our minds settle and rest into this simple truth, moving out of the thinking, planning, into the direct experience of this precious moment. So for that, 